I'm sitting at the Oregon Country Fair. This is a uh, version of Train of Thought on the road here in Veneta, Oregon. And I have a special guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? Okay, well, I'm actually two people, a multiple personality right now. Uh, this is the Steve Behrman part of my program. And uh, right now, Swami Beyond the Nanda is channeling me. And at some point in the conversation, we'll switch, and I will begin to channel Swami. All right. We're on two channels. Two tracks. <laughs> uh I know uh, you have been a somewhat regular visitor to Oregon Country Fair uh, the last couple years. Um, I get regular after about like a day and a half. What draws you to coming back? (laughs) We love the community and we love the idea that this creative space happens. Um, This is what would be happening if we weren't occupying ourselves, fighting one another unnecessarily. This is what would be happening. We would be together in playful creativity, creating functionality, good food, happy ambiance, and creating, um, generating happiness without using a lot of resource. This is renewable happiness. You get to pass it along. A lot of people recharge their batteries here, for, and, and, and especially that battery of hope. Well, you know, I think, unfortunately, I think hope is hopeless. I, I think that really what we require is intention. Um, and one of the problems with the resist movement, and I know Donald Trump, resisting Trump is irresistible. Mm-hmm. But the point is that it's really a, um, a vampiric draw on our energy that would better be used bringing all people together around the things that we share in common, around the golden rule as our golden ruler, you know, operating system given to us by every ethical and spiritual path, every religion. You know, when you boil away all the uh, BS, what's left is some version of the golden rule, some uh, some uh, idea of the um, reality of unity rather than the illusion of separation. George Carlin did a wonderful piece where he boiled the Ten Com- He kept whittling away yeah. at the Ten Commandments yeah. and got down to... The one suggestion. Treat yeah. other people who we want to be treated. Exactly. That would be the way to do it. And so here at the Oregon Country Fair, we have demonstration of that because we're not at war with one another. Um, there's the idea that we're here to be creative and playful. And uh, there's the, uh, the fair world, and then there's the unfair world out there. And so part of... Uh, the, this has been a great year because of Standing Rock and because of the, uh, the choice to bring diversity into this community so that uncomfortable conversations have been happening. And that's great. I think that uh, discomfort, uh, there's no... There's no pearls created without the discomfort of that pesky little piece of sand in there. So, you know, this community is ready to grow beyond. And one of the caveats that I would have, um, having heard, you know, I have a different perspective slightly about cultural appropriation. Last weekend, we were at an event, and there was a Native American shaman there. I mean, he's half uh, uh, Chumash Indian and half Mexican half Spanish, and in his tradition, and he, he teaches all over the place, and his, he said, I want this to be appropriated. I want this culture to be appropriated. I want what we've cultivated to be shared widely with respect. And I think one of the reasons, unfortunately, one of the reasons why Donald Trump is in the White House is not because of deplorables, but because of identity politics. And because of this notion of political correctness, where you have externally imposed respect that is disrespectful. 
It's really not really respect. It's sh being shamed into respecting somebody. When there's genuine respect, there is an equality of relationship heart to heart. And that's the potential here. And sometimes when people become politically aware and they've had, uh, you know, they're, they go, wait a minute, you know, we've, we've, we've gotten screwed for three, five hundred years, six thousand years, whatever it is. The first level of, of awareness about that is going to be trying to rebalance things the best way you can. And uh, there has to be a certain level of maturity because without that level of maturity, it just sinks into another ego trip. Mm -hmm. And we need, a, we need to focus on the uh, planetary ecosystem rather than the human ecosystem. And so if we, if we focus on the identical issues that all of us share, clean air, clean water, clean food, freedom from fear, uh, freedom to know the truth uh, and to have trustworthy government and institutions of society, that's what benefits everybody. And we can all have our wonderful past history that we celebrate, we celebrate who we are, at the same time we recognize we're all cells in the same body of humanity. Problem, you know, is this love of power. When the love of power, when the power of love overcomes the love of power, yeah. only then will we have peace. But, uh, there, you know, it's hard to sweet talk people who have power out of it. And there's people with, you know, a lot invested in the oil in the ground and all the rest. Well, I think we have to look at our individual, the individual power trips. Uh, mm -hmm. I grew up uh, as a white kid in a pretty much all-black neighborhood and housing project in mm -hmm. New York. And it was very, very educational because you got to see there are all kinds of people here and there's all kinds of people there. You also get to see that being, quote-unquote, oppressed um, often makes you a better oppressor and that these things are passed along. And um, what I noticed when I went to teach in inner-city Washington, D.C., what I noticed is that the guilty white liberals who grew up in the, in the suburbs, they would somehow, uh, they would feel so ashamed of the privilege that they have that they would inadvertently... Um, really play into this idea of making people special because of their, uh, of their oppression and so on and reinforcing that. And I think that that's really been a huge, huge disservice because it's simply another way of patronizing people rather than being in the uncomfortable space of heart-to-heart -heart communication and listening to what people have to say. Yeah. Obviously, you got to get in your body, not just in your brain, you know. The brain shame. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I see people who are being shamed because of their privilege, what I see is people who are capable of being manipulated for the wrong reasons by egos who happen to be on, on, uh, expressed by people who, are, who have been, ex been oppressed and now who's made them special. An ego is an ego. Um, but a lot of people are also saying the Trump era is... Oh, it's a big era. Oh, oh it's a terrific it's era. A era. We should hit, we should hit. Yeah. <laughs> we should a, reset. <laughs> sometimes when you draw the darkness out into the light, it, it shines on it and the pendulum swings back again. So I think that's what people... Uh, we will see. We'll, we will see if the pendulum swings. Uh, magic can happen. I will say this interview wouldn't even have happened if there wasn't a little bit of fair magic involved. 
Uh, our mutual friend Ron Ratner loves to talk about synchronicities, and you and I sitting down to breakfast across from each other, um, I think was a wonderful synchronicity. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Swami believes in synchronicities. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I tell you, this is the most amazing synchronicity. Years ago, I was on the Today Show, and as I'm getting ready to go on, I go, oh my God, synchronicity. Here I am on the Today Show, it's today. <laughs> Who would, what are the chances of that? What are the chances? That's right. All right. We've got a little bit of time in this segment. So I do want to, since you, a little bit of Swami came out, I want to ask you about your calling to, to, the, to be a Swami. How, how would a person know that they're transitioning to be well, Swami? Well, I have spent many, many... A Swami is someone who has mastered themselves. Uh-huh. Uh, and one day I had the realization, you know what? Nobody could be a better me than I could, I could be. And so here I am, self-mastery. This is Beyond truth. Ananda, Ananda means bliss. And so you go to bliss and I'm 500 yards past. <laughs> right past. You can't miss me. And so uh, by going up in front of people, you get to share a few of the truths that you have uncovered or have come your way? Well, I think we are mainly suffering from truth decay. Thanks to 5,000 years of rule by the lowest common denominator. And which it's gotten so that with all the fake news that is real news, all the real news that is fake news, people don't know what to not believe anymore. Yeah. I have a line in a song that says, Fake news can be... I won't forget it. Fake news can be corrected, but not erased. Ah. You know. That's right. Because when you see it for the first time, it registers with you. And, you know, I think that the two, the two sides are very different. The right wing, if you look at how much Fox News lies, Fox, by the way, numerology, 666, F-O-X. Okay, but well, we'll leave it with that. But anyway, they lie so much that I realized that I had to come to the conclusion that conservatives like to be lied to. On the other hand, progressives prefer lying to themselves. <laughs> And that is how we got strung out on hopium for eight years. You know, Even though we had a, we had the empire had a new face, it had the same big fat ass, <laughs> and that is the problem. So now with Donald Trump, with his face on the front, we now have the appropriate face for our empire. And yes, I think that he is coalescing people, and the best coalescence is coal, people coming together for thrival for all. To practice the rule of the golden rule, as opposed to the rule of gold, which is do do unto others before they can do do unto you. <laughs> yeah, shift happens. Well, it is, and the shift has hit the fan. I tell you that. <laughs> and what do you think about these big gatherings when people hit the streets with uh, pink pussy hats or whatever? Is that is that going to bring us along, or is that a way for them to? It is a way for energy to be channeled into harmless. Um, uh, into something that does not translate. The real national town square is going to be virtual. Now, and this is happening. It will happen. The, the book coming, uh, there's a book coming out this week, uh, this year, called Virtual America, hmm. Virtual Country. Mm -hmm. And it talks about how there is a way now, and these people are working on it, to give every citizen in this country an independent, verified vote that is as, uh, as verifiable as your bank card. So you can go to one place and vote on any issue that you like. And you can change your vote if information changes. And if you can imagine, what would it be like 
if there were 50 million American citizens with a verifiable, who verifiably voted for the legalization of hemp, for example, mm-hmm. or for an end to um, um, Citizens United and fair elections, okay? So I think that this is the movement, really, the freedom of assembly needs to be expanded to assembling online toward a purpose. But isn't the very fact of things being digital and online so easily manipulated? How do you verify such a thing? The way you verify bank cards. The way you verify a bank card. You, you, have, you have an identity. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, and then as things develop during, through blockchain, mm-hmm. it can be even more unhackable. Mm-hmm. And elections need to go back to being uh, the votes. You know, we have new smart, very smart voting machines. They are so smart, they don't need voters. That's how smart they are. I'm afraid you're right. I okay, mean. so there. So the one thing is to have votes counted by hand with exit polls, the way we used to do it. Hand counted. There is a program called, uh, look this up, hashtag unrig. Robert Steele, conservative from the right wing. Cynthia McKinney, progressive from the left wing, coming together to unrig the elections and make them fair for all. That is such a crucial thing where we're on the verge of Congress passing a law that, you know, 15, only 15% of the people want. They must not be afraid of elections. That's right. Well, you know, we've had electoral dysfunction in this country for, <laughs> and that the Democrats have been unable to get hard for a long time. <laughs> um, I'm going to take a short break and maybe the Swami will come and uh, do a little blessing or, you know, impart some more wisdom on us. Uh, We're talking with Stephen Trudy Behrman. This is Train of Thought. We'll be right back. Train of Thought is produced by Maximo Productions in Eugene and aired on KEPW.org and 97.3 in Eugene and archived at SoundCloud slash Rob Tobias. This is Rob Tobias. I'm back with Train of Thought and my guests, Steve and Trudy Behrman. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. And Swami Beyond Ananda. That's Beyond Bliss. Is that, am I getting on? I'm on you, it. Oh, you're, you're pronouncing it perfectly. It's, it's an Italian name, Beyond Ananda. That's how it is. You've got to use your fingers when you talk that name. <laughs> Beyond Ananda. I uh, appreciate you spending a little time with me today. I know you will be uh, spoken on a spoken word stage later well, today. Yes, and then, uh, of course, one year I actually had taken a bow of silence, so I was with the unspoken word. I did that a lot. <laughs> and how did the audience take to that? Well, uh, it was so quiet you could hear an opinion drop. <laughs> There's no shortage of those. Uh, and Trudy, mm-hmm. you're here with us. So, I know, so you have been traveling with this guy and... Um, Helping the Swami out or introducing your... Co- are you sort of like the straight woman to the the <laughs> swerving s- 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 Swami? Well, besides being Mrs. Beyond Ananda, <laughs> for the uh, the first nine years, this has been like, a, so far, 31-year journey. And the first nine years, it was a show of comedy and dance, an interpretive dance. It's, you would dance to... Yes. Not to the Swami, oh. <laughs> but I would do all kinds of amazing, just, you know, goddess dance, Chinese ribbon dance. To, dance. Mu- to music? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, after about nine years, I got this message. His voice said very clearly, it's time to let him carry the whole show. Ah. 
And so I emcee it, take care of. There's my part of the logistics that I take care of in traveling. And it's really an amazing journey that we've been on with friends and family and new family all over the country. So Oregon Country Fair is sort of, seems like a natural fit, but what other kind of venues, where else do you go and, and uh, where else does the Swami visit? A lot of, it's all over the United States for sure. We've done Canada and we've done Europe, mostly Norway. But what kind of venues? What kind of venues, it's mostly New Thought churches, mm. um, holistic conferences, and uh, seminars and, and retreats. Theaters, we, we do theaters. Theaters. Yeah. Mostly the choir, or do you ever find that you're, you know, you have a mixed, um, you know what I mean, your audience in terms of, uh, what, oh, what did you say, many opinions? Sometimes we did a show at the theater in um, Southern California by Camp Pendleton. Ah. And so the peop- we knew that the people coming were going to be Camp Pendleton folks. And um, and we were told it's like, you know, in fact, you should tell that story. Well, you know, uh, my friend who's a yeah. comedian was down there the week before. This is right after the Iraq invasion, mm. 2003. And he said, I don't know if these folks are going to relate to your, your political comedy. And so I got to the venue, and there's people coming in, all kinds of people. It's like the Carlsbad Theater in Carlsbad, California, Main Street, Mainstream, and um, all very, very mixed audience. And so before the show, I just sat there, and I just asked. I said, okay, um, oh, great god of comedy, Farsfield, be with me. Um, how do I do this one? Uh, and keep my integrity and yet make these serve the scene. And so what I got was... Have a good time, smile, love the audience, and do your material. Mm. So I went out there and I did some opening stuff that is generally relatable. And then I, I just said, you know, I have been asked to not do any controversial political material. So you've been a wonderful audience. Good night. <laughs> and in that, the whole place kind of felt, you know, what happened was the energy that was such a surprise that the energy got sucked into this hole and left and new energy was available. And into that energy, I just did my, you know, political routine from then. And at the end of the first set, this woman comes up to me and she says, you know, I'm from a military family. My husband works at the Pentagon. And this was the most truth I've heard in one room in my life. Awesome. Wow. So when people started applauding the material, they started realizing how many, how many of us there are. Bucky Fuller said that applause is a sound for the audience to recognize themselves. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. They went, oh, yeah, we really pretty much agree about this war. Even the Republicans, even the military people. Um, you were talking about other issues. You were talking about agriculture as one of your... Or- oh, ac- actually, specifically cannabis hemp well, and uh, the industrial and agricultural uses of that and how that has been um, a plant. I mean, cannabis itself is a sacred plant that has been given... Mm. to us from nature that provides all of our food, clothing, shelter, medicine, biofuel. Somebody and was just showing me, showing me photographs, I think it was from the early 1900s, of uh, like bottles and, and, yes. and packaging around yes. cannabis and, and uses of healing that was commonplace then before, yes. before all the it's prohibition. It's been commonplace for 20,000 years mm-hmm. and, uh, and used everywhere. And uh, out of all of... Hemp also makes 250,000 products and has throughout time, including 
even back in Henry Ford's days to right now, currently, BMW having door panels with hemp and resin that uh, are so strong because hemp is the strongest fiber that there mm -hmm. is. And it's just an amazing, for our economy and our ecology, it has always provided all that we need sustainably and, and from the grassroots up. Some laws changing of late. It's taken a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, because what happened when it became illegal is uh, it was a corporate coup that happened and definitely a corporate treachery mm -hmm. that happened where they it just made it illegal and then the oil industry, petroleum, came in and started supplanting uh, hemp uh, oil with uh, and hemp products with petroleum. Right. Uh, DuPont uh, and the, the ones that spearheaded this in the 1930s was um, mm. William Randolph Hearst and DuPont was right behind. Isn't it true? That, yeah. Isn't the Constitution on hemp? Or is it the hemp Declaration paper? of Independence yes. was written on hemp. And first, Levi's. Ever, Levi's were always traditionally hemp. Uh huh. And uh, and we actually hemp was a big export in the colonies. Yeah. So what has to happen? I know we have an Attorney General at the moment that wants to turn back the clock, but uh, <laughs> on these laws. But I, uh, yeah. we also have California and Oregon and a bunch of places, Colorado and. Kentucky. 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 Oh, yeah, the two totally Republican legal. senators from, from Kentucky mm -hmm. are in favor of it because they're seeing it as a replacement for tobacco. The thing yeah. with, with hemp is that um, it always has and it totally will restore our economy and our ecology and environment mm -hmm. because it was always used in farming as a rotation crop. And what it did is it has really deep roots that aerate the soil and uh, and fix nitrogen into the soil and pull carbon out of the air, water, and earth and sequester it into the soil and cleans everything up. And uh, hemp in the presence of uh, microbes, which should be in the soil, also completely breaks down all the fertilizers, pesticides, Roundup glyphosates, completely mm. breaks them down and composts them and cleans up the soil. I know, though, some THC growers don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily yeah. mix, right? You don't want them in the exact same area where no, you're... No, except really, it's one plant. It's really between those two, it's the CBD to THC content. Hemp, by law, must only have 0.3% THC, no more. Mm -hmm. And then, and also, it needs that to do all of the industrial things and, and that it does in agriculture, providing uh, textiles and clothing and sails and ropes. And, and then if you go to the other end, it's a THC with the cannabis uh, marijuana. And, uh, and then in between, what's not known is there's 80 different cannabinoids that all plus 80 different cannabinoids that are all for different ailments and conditions and the combination of the whole plant some things just want CBD hemp CBD oh, and that's like you know for epilepsy and seizures and, and and then when you get into the high THC that is really used for cancer so when you uh, introduce the swami, you get to uh, talk about uh, agricultural hemp a little bit. You, oh, stuff? not ever introducing the swami. It was oh, a, a separate a se presentation. I see. Okay. Yeah. 
So no, you I won't be doing giving doing this talk. We today. do we do uh, hemp songs. We're going to be doing, you know, it as part what of what the world needs now is hemp, sweet hemp. It's the only thing that can get us unverklempt. <laughs> you gotta rhyme with hemp. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, uh, you gotta go somewhere. Yeah. If you don't know what it means, look it up. You can culturally expropriate that word, by the way, from the, the Yiddish people say it's okay. Uh-huh. So, uh, give me a little bit about what the Swami's going to be uh, talking about today. I'll probably, we probably covered some of it already. But. We, you know, it's, it, this is the, uh, I, I opened up on, on uh, Wednesday, on Wednesday, <laughs> yeah. on Friday morning. Yeah, um, you know, and that was really greeting people, welcome to the sane asylum. And this is really going to be giving them some tools uh, when you leave here, how to leave here with that spirit. Because, uh, okay, now that you've woken up, wake up laughing, you want to be able to leave laughter in your wake. So you want to be able to uh, to spread the, proliferate this good energy. And so the Swami will be teaching, uh, uh, he's going to have people take a vow of levity and going out into the world because the world is in such serious condition. And then uh, he's going to show a process to move the laugh force through our body every day to... Uh, keep us uh, regular, regular hilarity, uh, and preventing humoroids, of course. And uh, so we'll be doing that. And then, of course, there's always questions and answers. And one of the great things about being at a place like this, two, two great things. One is that it's intergenerational, and the generations are not at war with each other here. Uh, there's a common, ba- a common understanding of seven generations back and seven generations forward, that was good we appropriated that. It's good we appropriated that one. And that really is, uh, is why there's such connection here, heart-to-heart connection. And then the other thing that, that's so powerful about this is that it is a playful, creative community with playful, creative people who want to who have the world that we all know is possible. So the questions are high-quality questions. They're playful they they uh, they call forth the depth of the conversation, and whenever it gets too deep, too deep, Swami will bring out Bullwinkle just to keep it lighter. important, <laughs> you know, and that kind of balances out the uh, the laugh force. You know, something important's about to be said when that's Bullwinkle right. When comes Bullwinkle, out. that's right. It's a it's a sign. Uh, Thank you for spending some time. I'll ask you, is there something online if people want to keep track of Oh, the- absolutely. Uh, first thing is uh, wakeuplaughing.com. Wake yep. Up Laughing. Wake Up Laughing. Yeah. Uh, and then you'll if you sign up at Wake Up Laughing, we'll put you on our other list and give you a choice. Uh, I'm on Facebook as uh, Swami Beyond Ananda. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, I have a Notes from the Trail blog, so you can catch the political, uh, spiritual stuff there. And soon to be uh, popping up is WikiPolitiki, which is also a podcast. You'll be competing with Train of Thought. Well, maybe we can be on the same... Uh... Different twacks. Mark Twain. <laughs> You're Mark Twain, I'm Mark Twain. Different twacks. <laughs> All right. Thank you again for listening to Train of Thought. Till next time, keep on rolling. Rolling. Okay. Well, whatever you're rolling, keep on doing it. Keep them doobies rolling. Roll them, roll them, roll them. Get fried.